Thank you for listening to the Movement Group podcast from Movement Church in Hilliard, Ohio. This podcast is intended to help encourage you as a group leader by hearing from other leaders who are right in the trenches with you. Each month, we will hear about the wins, struggles, and tensions each leader goes through while focusing on one leadership principle that leaders can grow in and apply. If you have any follow-up questions about what you hear today, email us at info at movementcolumbus.com. Hey everybody, this is Josh with the Movement Group Podcast. I can't believe it's already been a month since last time we were here talking about championing Serve Week with our groups, but this this month, November, we're two days before Thanksgiving. I'm excited about all the turkey, football, and naps that we're going to be doing, and it's, it's just going to be a fun time. I love this time of year, and I am here with probably my favorite guests so far. Sorry to Tyler and Sarah who, who've been here in the past, but... This this month we have my wife Ashley. How's it going? Going well. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm really biased because you're my wife, and I'm excited that you get to be here. This is a lot of fun, and so uh, we're going to be talking about um, discipleship this month, and what does it mean for me as a group leader, for you as a group leader, to disciple somebody, and. So Ashley has a really big heart with discipleship. She has a really cool story that she's going to share about discipleship and why that's so important to her. But first, I want everyone to get to know you in the same way that I do and in some funny ways, because you're just you're just fun to be around. And those who do know, you know that um, and that you're goofy and fun. Um, So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I feel like I'm on the radio right now. You are. Which is really fun. Um, I on my way here, I thought about what kind of voices I could do on here, <laughs> but then realized I have to be a little serious. Can you give us like one funny voice? Okay. All right. All right. Hello. My Mrs. Doubtfire voice. I do this in my class all the time. That's awesome. Yes, you're in your class. You're a second grade teacher. Yes, I am. But secretly want to either be the voice of a cartoon <laughs> character or a librarian. She's really good at it. She can go through so many different voices. And she tried to convince me actually to uh, use that voice for the whole time, but I, I don't know. I knew it. I had to be serious at some point. So yeah, yeah. So it's all right. So tell us more about yourself. Well, I teach second grade, and today was the last day before Thanksgiving break, and it was a little crazy, but it was really fun. And I just, I don't know. What questions would you like to know? So one question that I really like to ask everybody is, would you rather have um, no elbows or no knees? This is a Howard favorite. I think (laughs) that I have always said I would rather have no knees because I've practiced running without knees, straight legged, and I think I could probably do it. Really? Um, I did. Yes, I have. When have you done that? Well, you know, (laughs) just... Down the hall. <laughs> Down the, in the school, you done that? Um, no, not in the hall. You know, in my house. Oh, okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. And well, poor neighbors below us. And I was think. thinking, I really, really like bending my arms. You know, to play violin or to eat or to write, paint. All I use my Ashley's arms. Ashley's a good painter things, and a good so. violin. I'm a violin You're player. Too sweet. Yeah, it's awesome. I'll come home and she'll be playing in the bathroom. Oh, um, I know because the acoustics are great. Yeah, you that's know, it's amazing. One time a few years ago, we. I think it was Jeremy, Krista, some of, all of us got in the bathroom and started playing for worship so that we could practice for Christmas yeah, service. That, that was a lot of fun. I sat in the toilet. Yeah, insane. <laughs> um, so next question: What's your favorite thing about me? Oh, that's just a kidding! Great you don't have to answer that. <laughs> I just you know 
If you want to, okay, yeah, why don't you? Lots of things. Just kidding, we don't have to. Okay. Um, so why are you a, a movement group leader? What has gotten you to this point? Um, being a movement group leader, obviously now you lead with me, but you know, what led you to originally want to become a group leader? So in college, um, I can kind of tell a little bit about my story later. Um, but I did not really understand the gospel until college. And so, um, someone came to knock on, come, came to knock on my door and, um, shared the gospel with me. And just from that point on, I'll kind of expand later, but from that point on, um, my life completely changed. My heart completely changed. I look back and yeah, my, everything is different. Um, so when I think about leading a group, I just kind of want to emulate uh, what the people in my life in college did for me by uh, praying with me, doing ministry with me, um, just showing me who Jesus was. That's awesome. And what's one of your like favorite wins or things about being in a movement group so far? Definitely the aspect of being a family and just really experiencing community in, a, in the way it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Not just on Sunday nights or whenever your group meets, but um, what it looks like outside of group and how those people are coming in and out of your house and, you know, doing having meals together. Yeah, it's really I love cool. that too. That's It's fun. And Ashley's a good cook too. She she makes some mean meals for everybody. Uh, so that's like something that you really like, but obviously we're not perfect. And, you know, we, we don't always um, go into group feeling like, oh, this is awesome. You know, what have been maybe some struggles or one struggle that you faced being a group leader? So I think throughout the years, it's, it's a little bit tough when you, one year you have a group where, um, you know, you're getting to know people and you feel like you've gotten to a point where you know them super well. And mm-hmm. then uh, as groups change in the fall, um, it's still a really awesome thing because you're bringing in new people, but a little bit, you know, different and sad in a way because you're sending people out to lead their own groups. And so the dynamics of your group changes, which isn't always a bad thing, but trying to, you know, you're relearning new people. New people are coming into your group. And so you're having to get to know new people, which is awesome. Um, it ends up being really cool. Um, but kind of that transition stage from group to group yeah. is sometimes challenging. Yeah. And and so what Ashley is really referring to is that with our groups, the way that they work is that we have uh, apprentices for every leader that help um, teach and help make the group happen. And um, at the end of every spring going into summer, we take a break, but then we reevaluate and say, is there an apprentice that could become a leader? And do we need to multiply a group because they're getting too big um, and it's not really a group anymore, but if we multiply them, maybe they get to reach even more people. So every year we reevaluate that. And I think sometimes what, you know, what you're saying is that like, you know, when we multiply, it's like, oh man, we got to start over. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe there might be some of the same people, but then there's new people we got to start over. And, and that's not a bad thing. It's fun get, getting to know people it and, is. and new people, but it's like, oh man, we got to start at zero again. Um, and that, and that can be a struggle and that can be exhausting. And that's just the real and the raw of being a group leader and um, whatnot, but that's awesome. So uh, just to uh, keep us going here, um, this month, we want to talk about discipleship and what does that mean for me as a group leader? Um, what does discipleship mean um, in the context of a group? You know, we always talk about it. We hear it. It can be a buzzword. You know, it uh, talks about in Matthew 28, 18 through 20 that, you know, he says, therefore, go and make disciples. Jesus says this, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. 
and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And so we, we always talk about that, but in the context of of groups and small groups, movement groups, when they're tran- they can be transient, they can be multiplying, and you might be sending people. You know, there's there's struggle there, and and for for us at Movement Church, our main goal for groups is for discipleship to happen in groups. You know, people want to be known and to know others. And we know that as Sundays grow, it can be harder for people to find community if they're not in a group. And it can even be hard for the staff to be available for everybody. And, and, and our goal isn't for our staff to be available for everybody. We want the leaders of groups to be available for their family, for their community, for their group. And, and we want to push people to that smaller community, to that smaller family where you can grow, you can have that accountability, you can be known. And, and if you have a baby, you know, your group makes dinner for you and, and, and those type of things. And, and just a place where group leaders and others in that group can be um, the place where someone goes to. Um, so, but there, there's struggles and there's lies about discipleship that I think we've even seen and heard and, and, and worked through with leaders that movement of just, you know, I'm not qualified to disciple someone, you know, like, yeah, maybe I can read a guide and lead someone through a discussion, but if someone comes to me with an issue or wants to grow and deeper into the Bible, they feel like they're not qualified. Right. You know, like I sometimes feel like that. Um, and, and, and that's just a lie. Um, and I think some people, um, struggle and this is a very real thing. We're, we're all busy and, you know, I serve on a Sunday and I lead a group and I have a busy, busy week. I'm already doing two things. So you're asking me to want to meet up with people throughout the week. And, and, you know, I don't have time to add something to my other schedule, but I, I, I think that they're, those are some struggles. I mean, do you do you feel some of those? Oh sometimes? yeah, I was actually thinking when you were going through them. I was thinking, oh gosh, I think I've thought those. <laughs> yeah, and that's <laughs> that's times. normal. That's yeah, real. it's definitely normal. Yeah. So, um, I know Ashley. You so so those are the things that you know, kind of to to set everything up with what you're going to talk about. Um, and I'm excited to hear your story again. I get encouraged every time I hear it. But um, you have a great story, and you kind of already alluded to it. But you have a great story about why you love discipleship, you know, ever since I've known you and even before I knew you, I was attracted to you for it because you, you, you had a heart for pouring into people and making sure that they knew Jesus. And, um, I was, you know, I had the hots for you because of that. that oh, was pretty goodness. Awesome. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so tell us a little bit about your story and, and, and where, how it got to you to where you are today. Yeah. So even as you were just saying that i I thought, oh gosh, I'm so excited to talk about this because I think back on where my story started. Um, and I think the reason why I'm so pumped about it is because I've actually gotten the privilege to experience true discipleship. And um, so I'll kind of go back a little bit. But when I was growing up, I think my my parents always talked about God and um, I didn't really understand, you know, we would, they brought us to church um, and I would always hear things, but it, all the pieces of the puzzle never put together for me. So when I got to college, uh, I a, a lady knocked on my door, a girl, and I opened it and she said, hey, do you think that you filled out this survey in the cafeteria? Do you think I could come in and just share with you? And where'd you, you go to school? Miami? Miami University. Yeah. yeah, but not the one in Florida. Everybody always asks. It's the one in Ohio. It's still cold in the winter. Uh, and yeah, the... My friend Allison, the lady who knocked, the girl who knocked on my door, 
um, said, yeah, could I share more with you what I believe about God? And I said, okay, all right. Um, so she sat down and explained to me like the full gospel, uh, how God um, made me to know him um, and he loves me and he has a plan for my life. Um, but sin is what separates me from God um, and just really explained the rescue story of Jesus and how, um, yeah, just the gospel really got hold of my heart. And if I look, I try to explain to Josh, this is who I was. And he goes, really? (laughs) Yes. Like I literally went from dark to light. Um, and I think that's where discipleship, the story of discipleship starts is at that heart change, the gospel change. Um, and so that, that Allison, my discipler, Slash one of my best friends, um, she said, hey, can I meet with you every week? Do you want to, you know, let's go to coffee. Let's go eat lunch. Why don't you come over and why don't you meet my friends? And so every week she would, she was on staff with crew. So she was a little older. She, we would go and and I realized there were three parts of discipleship. One part was being in the word together. One part was doing life together. And then the third part was doing ministry together. And so after I kind of experienced her modeling all three of those, it all kind of put the pieces together for me of um, God's vision for discipleship and uh, God's vision for using it to change our lives and our hearts. Um, so the first part, she, we were in the Word together. So she would, you know, we would get together. She'd ask me questions about my life. She'd challenge me. She'd, uh, we'd be in a book of the Bible together. And just kind of get to know God's character more. Um, The second part was doing life together. So she, you know, we'd go to Chipotle or um, just take wax or whatever, cook. We cook together. Mm. Um, And then the last part of doing ministry together was one of the most significant parts. Uh, We would, I would meet somebody in one of my classes and say, hey, Allison, you, you know, can we can we meet with this person? Because I was so pumped. And she said, yeah. So all three of us would meet and we both together, she would model it. And then I would be a part of it of sharing the gospel with that person. Um, And once that happened, once it was so cool to see people make a decision to follow Jesus, it is like, I don't know, eye-opening and life-changing to have the privilege of witnessing that. And so once that happened, when I started discipling people of my own, you know, my own disciples, I would do the same thing. We would bring people into our time together and we would share the gospel and just really awesome to see what God did through that. That's awesome. So just to recap, so you affirmed your faith in God, you accepted him in your life when after she explained it to you. And then you're telling me that you didn't have to like go to school and learn about the Bible before you started to... Oh, goodness, no. <laughs> yeah. So she just brought you alongside with what whatever she yeah. was doing, and you just had conversations. Yeah. And- I watched what her life looked like. Um, God equipped her to follow him and to, you know, do ministry. And um, so I just watched. That's really... And she's not perfect. We're all not perfect. And that's what was cool about it is I got to see her... Um, do life following Jesus with conflict. I got to see her do life with Jesus in, in you know, in the good times and the bad times. And that just was really cool to have somebody model what it looks like to walk with the Lord. Yeah. And, and that's, that's awesome. And, and just to brag on my wife for a second, you know, like she really is like 
when you when you hear her full story, it's like the whole Second Corinthians five seventeen, where like the old is gone and the new has come. Like you are a new creation from where you were to where you are now, and and you didn't wait till you arrived, quote unquote, to mm-hmm. to start. You know, it was like as soon as you accepted Christ and made that commitment, and that and that heart change happened, you began to go in, you know, diving in, you know, you know, and and that's just I a really that, encouraging I think thing. That when I look back on it, I don't think I even had time to think about, oh no, am I going to be okay at this? It was more just like, I am so pumped about Christ, what Christ has done in my life and my heart. I cannot wait to tell people, Mm. even though I was such a baby Christian, I just, I don't know. I didn't feel completely equipped, but that was okay. And God used that in like huge ways. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And, and, and I'm super encouraged and motivated by that because, you know, I think especially the longer you're a Christian, you kind of lose that. Sometimes you can lose that passion or you can lose that urgency or, or whatnot. So like hearing your story, like reminds me like, Oh, I need to be out there doing that. Like you think of Paul who, as soon as he had that transformation and and looked and saw God and, and met with him and like, he immediately turned and started to share the gospel. Can I debunk one of these um, struggles and lies? Yeah. Even though these are totally (laughs) <laughs> things that I probably thought last week. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that you had mentioned is um, I don't have time to add another thing to my schedule. Mm. Uh, I just, when I heard that, that's totally something that I, I've thought before. Um, but every time I think that and then I make time to meet with somebody or I make time to just yeah, be in the presence of somebody who might not know Jesus. And I have that awesome conversation with them of, oh, you know, asking them questions. Where did you grow up? Okay. What do you believe? Oh, how did that affect you growing up? Um, What caused you to believe that? I always walk away thinking, and I'm sure you guys have experienced this too, but I'm so thankful that I took the time to do that. It almost makes you feel guilty that you even felt that way in the first place. Oh, so true. That's, I think that's the Lord going, ha ha, Ashley. Yeah. (laughs) I told you. <laughs> that's my God voice. That's your God voice? Yes. Oh, that's a good one. I like it. <laughs> um, so, man, that's, I mean, there's just so much, there's so much there in your story. Um, but how, how has that experience at Miami and being discipled and then going and, and discipling others, um, you know, how has that prepared you for ministry and discipleship today? Because, um, you're not in that context anymore. You're a teacher right. in the real world. Right. You know, you're not in that bubble of being around other people who are doing it right there with you all the time. Right. And it's really accessible. Um, so how does, how has that prepared you for ministry and discipleship today? And this is exciting to me to talk about too, because I, I thought, oh gosh, if I can't do full-time ministry now, then, oh no, what's it all going to look like? But actually, I am so thankful for the way my life has gone, the way that God has structured. Because, I, you know, I always planned out, oh, I was going to, you know, join staff with crew after school or I was going to whatever. But I am so glad because we need believers that are teachers. We need believers that are businessmen. We need believers that um, are in the community who are working outside of full-time ministry because that's where, you know, that's where people are. Mm -hmm. That's where people who are lost are. And um, what amazing conversations that have come in to play with families, with 
non-believers with teachers, with coworkers, with all of these different opportunities that I might not have had um, otherwise. And just I think the one thing is taking advantage of it. And as soon as somebody says something that I could maybe ask further questions to kind of grab into that, that, hey, what do you believe? Um, I try to take advantage. And obviously, I'm nobody's perfect. And there are times where I've missed opportunities. But when it does happen, it's so exciting. And I think, oh, God, thank you so much. Um, and so today, I think coming out of college and always having that structure of, okay, I know that Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, I need to meet this girl and this girl and this girl, and we're going to go share the gospel in this dorm. And, you know, it looks different now because we're adults and we're outside of that environment. And I really had to seek it out and pursue it. And and you, to be honest, you, you struggled with it for a while. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It, just life looked different. And I think any change is hard for yeah. anybody. Um, but yeah, just learning how to take a conversation and kind of gear it towards a gospel conversation and asking those, being a listener. I think that's one of the biggest things is being a listener and asking questions and letting people talk through things and, and then saying, Oh, thank you so much for, do you mind if I tell you what I believe or, you know, building on my own experiences, um, sharing. Yeah. So anyway, I basically to answer your question, I had to seek it out. Yeah. Like I have to, I don't know. It doesn't always just kind of plop in your lap, but it's something that we have to actively work at and it's, not just going to be fed to us. Right. Yeah. Um, so we're talking kind of real world, but we're, we're also, you know, we're talking real world with you, with you and your context, but people who are listening, our group leaders and, and apprentices who are like, okay, so what does this mean for me leading people in my group, discipling them, you know? Um, but, but let's first just talk about to transition more to a group setting. You know, what have been your goals for discipleship within your group and our, our group now? Um, as we lead? So I think as group leaders, our goal is to, as people are coming into our group in the fall, we kind of do a, what do you say? Like getting to know our, our mem- uh, the people that come to our group and kind of, you know, gauge where they are spiritually. And so once we do that, my goal, one of my goals is to reach every, you know, hang out and reach every single girl in my group, because that's, you know, I'm a woman, so a woman will meet with women. <laughs> and um, yep. so, yeah, I think about, I try to set up meetings and just hangouts with those girls and really trying to invest in them and hearing their story, asking them about their life. How did they come to know the Lord? And if they haven't come to know the Lord, that what a cool opportunity to share the gospel and um, kind of be into their lives. Yeah. Get in there. Yeah. And <laughs> we, we also... <laughs> Get it. Oh yeah, I get it. <laughs> we like we um not that this is like a rating scale or like a secret um thing that we give out, but like we we have this wheel that we um kind of use to gauge, you know, where people are at and it just kind of, you know, we're or a movement of people finding our way back to God. So, um we're all in that journey together whether we've been a believer for 5 minutes or 5 years or 50 years or whatever it is, but we're all at different parts in that journey and that and this wheel kind of helps gauge, you know, where we at, where where are we at with our spiritual maturity and and we're not going to really go into that, but if that's something you're interested in, just email me um, and, and I can send that to you. Um, I know movement group leaders have that already, but it's just a really cool way to, before we know how to disciple someone, we got to be aware. 
of yeah, where they're at. Yeah, because the point of the wheel is not to ever think, oh gosh, that person is here. It's to always be moving, it, gauging where somebody is so that we can help them grow and move to the next maturity. You know, yeah. I mean, grow in maturity. There's not like a next level. There's, or whatever, there's, no, there's, yeah, no, there's no levels, no grades, no, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I know. Um, so th- that's awesome. So what, what do you hope for the outcome to be like, um, for you to see, like, as you, okay, you found, you kind of got a gauge with where they're at, like, what's the next step? I think that when I think about group leaders, you're kind of shepherds of your own group. So we're responsible for making sure that people are growing. And that's kind of a heavy word responsible, because I think, oh, gosh, shouldn't be responsible for something so crazy awesome. But yeah, and obviously, I'm not responsible for their growth. God grows people. I do not grow people. Um, but I am in charge or responsible of shepherding those people and making sure that I'm asking questions and making sure that we're in uh, people's marriages and asking like, you know, how's it going? And and making sure that um, just like we, Josh, just like you and I have people in our lives mm-hmm. that that feed into invest in us. It's just the group people, the group members. Are, that's our responsibility. So yeah, and Joel, um, our resident church planner. Um, was talking to some of our volunteers on Sunday and he asked a question, you know, uh, who is in, who is discipling you and who are you discipling? And because, you know, it doesn't stop with who are you discipling, but like, it, it is a real question. It's like, especially us as leaders, you know, you know, we give out a lot, but are we making sure that we are being filled? Are we making mm-hmm. sure that people are pouring into it's us so and, and discipling us and holding us accountable? It's, it's, it's not just like you you have arrived at the top and you have to try to carry everyone else's right. burdens because that's what Jesus did for us on the cross. Right. Um so so continuing on with like goals, you know, where where are we where are we heading like as we are discipling people in our group? Yeah, so when I think about one of my goals is for our mem- the people who come to our group to know Jesus. That's first and foremost, to understand the gospel, to know- to keep learning about God's character and to grow, um, to know the word and be rooted in the word and take advantage of actually having a Bible in their hands. Um, something that I'm reminded of too, that I need to, you know. So one goal that I have um, when I think about the women and the men in our group is for them to be... Um, equipped to share the gospel in their lives too with people that don't know Jesus. So um, I, I, my goal is to invest in those women and help them to grow and come alongside of them so that they can, you know, share the gospel and come alongside of other people. Yeah, that's awesome. So what does that look like? So th- those are some of the goals, but like how does a, a mother do that who ha- have kids and might be busy during the day? Or how does someone who maybe is working second shift doing that? Like, right. you know, if, if, if this is new to a group leader or they're kind of uncomfortable or unsure of how to get started, like, what does that look like? Right. Um, okay. So I'm not a mom, but I have, a, I've had the opportunity to watch moms do this really well. And so I'm just going to spout out some observations. So I've had uh, moms who have called me and said, hey, why don't you come over? I'm taking the kids to so-and-so place. Why don't you come hang out with us? So as they're, 
you know, watching their kids or going to the play place or wherever, the library, I've gotten to go with them. And honestly, it is so cool. Like I've gotten to watch those moms discipline their kids, love their kids in front of me, talk about Jesus in front of me uh, with their kids. And just, it is really cool. All, all, you know, along talking about Christ with me as well. So I think that moms just bringing women, bringing younger women are around your family and just watching how you mom <laughs> as a verb. <laughs> Verbs are what <laughs> you do. That's a good one. Yeah. How you mom. Um, I, I feel like I should get you a t-shirt when we have a kid someday that says, watch me mom. Oh, that's funny. I'd like that. I'd wear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I think that just moms, I know that you're busy and I know that it's hard to fit everything in your schedule, but even if it's something as simple as inviting a younger woman over for coffee while your kids are running around or whatever it is, play place or where library or wherever you go. Yeah. And I, I think that's so important and such a key thing to remember because we are busy. And you know, if you're anything like me, I'm always constantly filling my schedule with stuff. And I know I need to get better at that. But to think that I got to meet with a guy or, you know, it's not a burden, but it's like, oh, man, it's just one more thing um, I got to do you know, maybe I look at my schedule differently. You know, what are things that I'm already doing that I could bring that guy along with me to, you know? And I think when we look at Jesus and when we look at his relationship with his disciples, I mean, it wasn't like, okay, meet me at one o'clock and we're going to do this. It was like, no, like they did life together. They traveled, they slept together, they ate together. And Jesus just demonstrated things as he went, as they went about their day. And and that's, and that's so important. And, And that's where it's like, you know, as long as you're pursuing the Lord yourself as a leader and like you're learning and growing yourself, like you're not trying to put on a show, but like you're just, you're just demonstrating what the Holy Spirit's already doing in your life and um, in a humble way. And it's not like, oh, look at me, but it's, you know, but it is just like, I love how you went with your friends who had kids and you just, you got to see your, you're observing. And I I feel like, I got to see God's character in different ways as well. Yeah. Just like we see God's character in each other in different ways. I think moms have a hard job. I always say every mom is my hero. So moms, if you're listening, you're my hero (laughs) because you have such a hard job, but such a cool job of discipling your kids and um, bringing younger women into that is just, it is awesome. Like I've loved learning and I'm, I'm still going to pursue those relationships with older women to continue to learn how to do life and how to walk with Jesus and how to love him more every day, more than I did yesterday. You know, that's the goal of discipleship. Or if you're like me and you're like, I, I'm a guy and I don't have kids or, oh yeah, or whatever. I like to go shoot guns or make things out of wood with guys or go grab, <laughs> you know, Chipotle because Chipotle is awesome. You know, just different things, you know, whatever I'm already doing. Hey, you know, you want to go build something with me while, you know, I'm building something and we can listen to music and talk and catch yeah. up. And, you know, and I think, I think that's really, really good. And I think it's really, but I think one of the things that people miss when they look at discipleship is it shouldn't stop there because I think it's easy to get together to do something fun. It's easy to get together to go grab some food or coffee somewhere. But I think where sometimes we can struggle or drop the ball as leaders is that's where it stops. There's no deeper conversations. There's no accountability. There's no um, reading of the word or diving in. Hey, let's 
Let's right. go through the book of John or First yeah, Corinthians. Or what does the Bible say about this? Yeah. And I think that's so important. Um, so could you, you know, and that goes along with the first point of discipleship that you said. Can you yeah, say that Yeah, being again? in the word. Be in the word. Yeah. So sometimes if, you know, we're just in conversation asking, hey, what do, how's your marriage? What is this looking like? Um, not even marriage, it, singleness. How is singleness? How is, how is your life at work? How is your relationship with your parents? How is your relationship with your friends, your siblings? Just really like digging deep and not just a, oh, how was your week? You know, that's good and all, but ask hard questions. That's the first thing. And then once you've asked hard questions, then, okay, what what does the Bible say about that? Uh, ask God to put verses in your mind where you can literally just say, oh, yeah, we got to go to John, whatever. And even if you don't know, even if that doesn't happen, I think— Right. Sometimes we are afraid to ask those hard questions because we don't know the answer to them ourselves. And we don't know how to, because especially if you're a guy, you want to be able to fix the problem. But I think it's okay to say like, hey, you know, let's look, let's let's dive into the word and let's see what the Bible says about this. Even if we have to spend an hour searching for it right? or, or like, hey, we're, let's meet again next week and let's come together and, right. with some, some Bible verses and be praying through it. Because I think what that does is that you're showing them that. You don't know everything, and that, and right. that's okay. Yeah. But it, but it's also showing them or modeling dependence on the word. Like, hey, yeah. like let's not just try to figure it out on our own and like rely yeah. on our own understanding. But like we're we're looking towards the to word for the answer. And depending on not a, you know, not podcasts are great, and I you know we should always be listening to um, truth and stuff. But being in the word is so far greater than listening to podcasts. So anytime, you know, it's all great, but anytime yeah. you can point somebody and say, actually, I don't really know that, but let's, you know, let's research it and then come back later. I think you're right about that. That is huge. Cause yeah. that is literally God, like speaking directly to you through yeah. word. And what's better than that? I'm, I'm going to do a shameless plug. Uh, one of my favorite books is divine mentor by Wayne Cordero. And we actually have um, our Haiti teams read that who, each team goes to Haiti because when you actually look at the Bible and you see all the different people in the Bible go through different things, um, like David and Goliath or uh, Jonah or just different people, Daniel, um, you get to see them struggle. You get to see them go through things. How did they handle that situation? And yes, it might be a couple thousand years apart, but you can you can learn from how they handled situations and be mentored by those people. Because In the same the way, you could be disciple. You could let. David disciple you. You could let Paul disciple you. Um, how did they handle being in prison? You know how you know they didn't have anything, but yet they still um, put their trust in the Lord and 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 struggled and worked through those things. Um, and that's just a cool thing. And and I love that that that's the first point of discipleship is being in the Word because everything else is easy and falls into mm-hmm. place after that. It's easy to hang out with people. Right. It's easy to go get coffee. Um, Can I say one more thing? Yeah, okay. totally. One more thing I was just thinking about is I think it's really cool because I've had times where I think, oh, gosh, how am I going to meet with every single girl? And it's not just meeting with them once, but discipleship is a commitment of being in this yeah. person's life and, mm-hmm. and truly taking the time to get to know them and their struggles and pointing them to the Lord. Um, but one thing I've learned is if you have somebody in your group who is equipped and ready and is willing to take somebody into their life, um, asking people in your group who are more spiritually mature to say, oh, hey, do you think that maybe you would be interested in hanging out and meeting with this person, this other girl in this group? Um, And just kind of setting up 
that discipleship model of, okay, maybe me, Ashley, will meet with, with this girl, and then this girl will meet with this girl, and just so that there's um, accountability on all fronts. So and then maybe every now and then you guys all get together. Right, or, right, right, You know right. what I mean? And and I, and I love that because in the same way that we have apprentices, you know, like, you know, Ashley and I, in our in our groups, what we try to do once we get a, a good gauge of who's in and, and not just checking out our group, but who's committed to our group, you know, we try to say like, okay, um, we'll, we'll tag team this, th- these people and you'll t- tag team those people. Mm-hmm. And, um, but at the same time, it's not about like, okay, I met with this person three times in, in, in three months. Right. It's and just checking it off because like one thing that stuck out to me that you said is like, discipleship takes time. It does. It's a long process. It's not just a one and done thing. If you want to see lasting growth and, and effects and see roots grow deep, it takes time. It takes commitment. And, you know, Jesus was with his disciples for three years, at least, and um, being intentional with them every day, talking, you know, so maybe you don't get to meet with that person every single week. Maybe it's a quick phone call or, or, a, text you know, or, or, or a text, checking in, you know, how are you doing? How can I be praying for you? Or, you know, th- those type of things is just like bringing them into your life without making it seem like it's just a scheduled thing you check off the list. I think is so good. I think also when I think back to the woman who discipled me in college and why she was one of my bridesmaids and my wedding is because she took the time to be in my life, not to just to check it off her list of, okay, I met with Ashley. Okay, move on to the next person. But it was literally like she spent time with me. She she committed to investing in me. And I, that was huge. And that I was life changing. You know, and when me as the guy getting to know you when I dated you and getting to meet all your friends, it was cool to see I could see that influence in your life. Like seeing your friends, I could see you. You know how you become the people you hang out with. Every person that was in your circle was was like you. And I could see that you guys were encouraging each other, influencing each other and being like-minded and, mm-hmm. and purposeful and intentional. And I got to see a lot of them in you. But most importantly, I got to see Christ. But like, it was cool to see like, oh, like this is where I actually got that from. Or like, you know. Yeah. It's kind of the thought of we come together so we can be sent out. And I kind yeah. of, I do feel like that about uh, movement leaders is we come together and then we are to be sent out into our groups um, to, you know, emulate the same things that we've experienced with community. Yeah. And I think that's another big goal as to why we, we need to disciple people because we need to send people out. We're, right. we're reproducing church. We're always multiplying everything that we do. And, and we're even here with a, a resident, with Joel here, sending a church out to be planted in Gahanna next year. And, and so, you know, even for me, that changed how I disciple guys, you know, especially if I know a guy is going on that church plant. How can I, in the meantime, right now, be preparing him to go? Right. And, and, and that just really made it brought to home in my heart what discipleship is because right. it's like we are preparing people to be sent out so that they can do the same. They can share the and gospel. Reach the nations. Yeah. And it's crazy how if one person just shares their faith with one person who disciples one person who disciples one person, like how exponentially that grows. It's, it's a really cool thing. So as we come to a close, um, I hate to wrap this up, but we got it. We got to, but, um, what is one thing, you know, if you have one last thing, whether you're just re reiterating something, um, do, you, do you have maybe like one thing that you just want people to go home with, you know, even if it's something that you've already said, um, kind of putting you on the spot here. That's uh, okay. All right. Well, 
maybe it's just this one little nugget. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I think the one thing, yeah, just be in the word yourself. I th- and this is totally talking to myself too. Yeah. But like we, if we're not being fed and like that verse that says crave spiritual milk, like newborn babies, I, I don't know. I pray that for myself. Like I pray that I crave it like a spirit, a newborn baby. Um, and so if anything, to disciple somebody, make sure that, you know, and same goes for myself, but yeah. be in the word, know the Lord, um, pray to continue to know the Lord. Um, so that, that kind of radiates from you. Um, yeah. And just trust that God will use you, mm-hmm. you know, like, and don't be scared. Yeah. You can't really do wrong. You know what I mean? Yeah. As long yeah. as you're, you're, I, this is what I think. Okay. <laughs> I think that God equips you to, because you walk with him, God equips you to do what he wants you to do. And so I kind of think about that when anything changes in my life, like God's equipped me to walk with him. So whatever decision or whatever, you know, whatever I do, I'm going to be okay. And so when I think about discipleship, don't think about, oh gosh, what if I'm not equipped? No, 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 no. You walk with the God who made you the God of the universe. Mm, preach it. There's no, oh goodness. There's. <laughs> I will, okay? No, there's just... That is huge. Like you have living God living inside you. That is just, I can't even wrap my head around that. But yeah, yeah so that's what I have to leave. That's awesome. Thanks, Ashley. Um, oh, you this, are this, welcome. This, this is great. Um, I'm, I'm encouraged. I get pumped up when I talk about this stuff. And and if you guys have any other questions or just want to further the conversation about discipleship or just can I talk to you more about what this looks like in my context with my group? I have a challenging group or I just, I just don't know where to start. Even after listening to this, you know, we want to hear from you. We want to talk with you and help you or maybe send you some other resources um, along the way to help you. Um, This is, this is, could be a really cool thing where you can see God show up and do great things in your life. Um, Oftentimes when I help disciple people, I'm learning myself. You know, when you teach people, you're the one usually being taught, I feel like. Um, So if you, if you have any questions or just want to know more about um, how we do things or how you can grow in that, um, please reach out to me at joshhoward.movementclumbus.com. We can talk more about this. But thank you guys for listening so much. Have a great Thanksgiving. And uh, we'll see you guys next month um, as we talk about a new topic. And um, we look forward to seeing you then.